and I like trees. And even she didn't know what she meant by that. Women are like trees, she said again, and then planted herself in her bed and waited. And I stood in the middle of her room and I looked at her, as if looking out the window at her, seeing all the years she had spent gathering rings around her hips, stretching out sex like a cat towards her tongue. And I heard the wind rubbing the leaves together, rubbing the leaves like bodies soft and open. There was time for the leaves yet while my tongue picked ants off her branches. And the young bird in her nest of hair called to its mother. The young bird in her nest of hair hungry for another wet meal, while beneath us, along her feet, children played hide and seek. The wind was blowing harder now as the strongest leaves let go and brushed against their bare feet. And women are like trees, she said, as the strongest leaves let go, and all was weakened. Necessary weakness. Women are like trees. As the axe cut into her middle, along the weakest as her branches bent down to bushes for water, as her strongest leaves that crumpled under the boy of the children, as the young bird in her nest of hair tried out its new wet wings, called to its mother that it could find a meal of bread.
and social fabrics collapsing the wind blows upon an ember that's everlasting we're standing at the crossroads clashing food the greatest strategy used in the ongoing battling the shit got us asking what the planetary plan is while we jamming and deeply examine why is there famine families stammering for nourishment while elite seats play populations like a game of backgammon the scandling is endless they throw in peace on a threat list poverty's causing death threats yo are you deaf yet well get set concentrated camps they ain't quite dead yet Welcome to the woods, blood redneck. Becoming POWs through high-tech credit checks. Get the catch? Some serious shit, yes. So ingest, digest, and keep all eyes open. And don't forget the scrolls that kept the part apart in ocean. Cause when these motionless minds hit rhythm, focus with timeless vision, omens and signs are given in this tumultuous time we live in. Open the sky's the limit, forces combine, we bring it. Soma's the wine, we sip it. Moments arise to live it. of night I didn't realize you were lost but there I stood like a brother long lost with back to the wall when you opened up your door I need a friend you told me Set me free. Show me the light. I need to dance, need the moon tonight. Be who I was meant to be. Please help me.
like him Well I could have sworn you were talking about me So I told you Behind the clothes that cover me takes a heart that forgets to see. I thank whatever friends there be, trusting when I'd otherwise flee. In the strong clutch of weight and bone, oh how I cried and wailed alone. But the pains of time turned to stone, and I to carry on and roam. It matters not the things you say, nor how you choose to do your way. It's how you make one feel today, for we to mold and turn to clay.
reminds me of a line by a friend of mine in the, in the Bay Area called Midnight, Midnight Ice. He said, uh, he said, he's 19, he's a young guy. He says the spoken word movement is not a movement, it's a soundtrack to the movement. That's that movement we're all about right now. I call the world wide intellectual coming. There are bees and trees and squirrels and things and people playing frisbee in the park. There's hurt and heartache and uncertainty and finding your way in the dark. Zombies, sunny days, the wind rushing past and emerald green leaves in your face. Undeniable the joy we feel by just running in this strange human race. Oh, but it's not like that, my big family, because despite what you are told, it's not a question of competition or question bother that I'd say it's a miasma of memories new and old, of sweet stolen looks and babbling brooks, of flecks of silver and gold. Yes, it's these moments we collect and truly live in that matter most overall. Not your hair cut or that wing knot, but who can rise most tall? So be in it, because what else to do? I say you won't regret taking the time to truly live. That's something we don't forget.
So um, this book is called The Mysticism of Sound and Music, and it's by a, a famous old Indian philosopher. And the chapter that I've been <laughs> reading is um, called The Magnetism of Beans and Objects. And this first passage really resonates to me because I've been eating so much wonderful food over the past days. And it's uh, personally, it's, it really hits on how I feel about cooking. In preparing a thing, not one not only puts one's magnetism into it, but the voice of one's soul is produced in the thing one prepares. For instance, it is not difficult for an intuitive person to feel in the food that comes before him the thoughts of the cook. Wow. It is not only the grade of evolution of the cook that is produced in it, but also what the cook was thinking at that particular time. If the cook is irritated while cooking, if he or she is grumbling or sighing, if he or she is miserable, wretched, 
all that is prepared in the food that comes before you. It is the knowledge of this fact which made the Hindus accept a high caste Brahmin as a cook. That person was taken as a cook whose evolution was great, whose life was pure, whose thoughts were elevated. It is not a custom of the past, it is a custom even of today. The Brahmin who is sometimes the guru, the teacher of other castes, may also be the cook. Beside this, in ancient times, when human psychology was keenly observed in all one did, every person, whatever his rank or position in life, was equipped for cooking and preparing dishes for himself and for his friends. A great mark of appreciation and affection was shown by people who invited some relations or friends to their house by placing before them dishes that they themselves had prepared. It was not the dish, it was the thought that was put into it.
Welcome again to Muddy Boots. My name is Triangular Donut Tenali. And you've just heard the A-side of Totally High Holy Rainbow Colored Spirit Hawk of Awakened Manifestation Part 7. We're exploring my collection of field recordings made at Rainbow Gatherings over the last 20 years or so. For a playlist and notes, check out muddybootsradio.org and be sure to subscribe to the show too, wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to and or download more Rainbow Gathering field recordings at soundsfromtherainbow.org. You can find previous installments of this Rainbow Thematic series, parts 1 through 7, at either muddybootsradio.org or soundsfromtherainbow.org slash podcasts. I invite you to continue wandering the trail of sound by hopping on over to the B-side. See you there. I said, would you like to go on a date? And she's like, okay, but I don't want this to be a date date. <laughs> a date date date. I don't know. Maybe a date to the fourth power. How does it work? I don't know. I went on a date. I figured it out. Basically, no date date translated to, I was paying for dinner, but I'm not getting any kissing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you got to translate differently for men and women because we lie differently. I'll give you some examples. For example, uh, if a sister says, I'm sorry, I have a boyfriend. This means, and you're not attractive enough to risk losing him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
On the other hand, if a brother says, I'm sorry, I have a girlfriend, this means, and she's right over there by the fire. Meet <laughs> 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 you at Pop Corner in an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. If a sister says, I can't see you anymore, you're like a brother to me now. This means you no longer turn me on, but I still need you around to fix my car. <laughs> if a brother says, you're like a sister to me now, this means, oh, I still want to hang out with you. I just want anybody to know about it. <laughs> and finally, if a brother says, I'm sorry, if a sister says, I want to take things slow, this means I'm going to take all the anger and resentment I had towards my ex-lovers and focus it on you. Right? <laughs> That's right. Be prepared for six months of slow, methodical, passive-aggressive sexual torture. Right? If a brother says I want to take things slow, this means there is something unidentifiable on my genitals. <laughs>
Alright, we're doing the hug center, so let's stay on the table. I know this area really well. from inside or what really lies tied beneath these seams well I can and I've tried but through time you've unlearned the language of my slumberland and now I'm tired of trying to wind the key on your grown up and rusted shut music box mind but I'm still alive while you fleshy beings are immersed in the astral liquid of playless days and dreamless sleep we play things work hard at play and never rest truly blessed are we who eternally walk the fine line twixt the unreal and the unseen destined to be always in the shimmering in-between where your sleeplessness nests in a wound woven web one of suppressed unexpressed and relentless ebbs in the flow of the mind it lifts while sitting it drifts while gripping <laughs> the toe tipping of time in the night Lid-blinded eyes perceive dream scenes. They follow unconscious string. They unravel the most revealing order of things. Raffle-drawing retrieves slipped up the sleeve leaves limitless winning possibilities for the million memories that all start shape-shifting when you're sleep-lost and drifting and shifting in and out of limitless unpredictability, sneaking beneath the restrictions of time and space and laughing at the definition between any which place. We are the glimmer and the gleam. We are the scissors and the seam. We play things. We can be anything. We can be the twinkle of eyes or the smile on your face. We can be the last trace of the chalk hopscotch that the rains never seem to erase. We are the color of bubbles and the shape of stars. We can be created out of whatever have you 
and wherever it happens that you are. And so you see, my human dream beings, the answer is not something which can be explained or seen. The answer is always what you make believe.
we're going to do a little story. This is the participation story. It's called The Good Heart of Thunderpants. You have to have help me do it. It's a peace story. So there's some sound effects in it. You're going to help me do all the sound effects. First sound effect is we hope nobody's actually doing this, but maybe somebody can. Somebody just about to go off to sleep. You hear that? Next sound effect is somebody sucking on a magic pacifier. Hear that? Good. That's good. Now, next sound effect, we all have to be very serious actors and actresses to do this one. We know for a fact that there are hungry people in the world today. Fairly hungry children, some of whom have not eaten. So they're weak and they're softly, softly crying themselves to sleep. So it sounds like this. Hear that? Very good. Next thing is pacifier. Putting out your hands, flying across the sky. Ready? Come on. Swooping down with your cape. On the count of three, the audience participation part. Great feast, celebration, and party as loud as you wish. One, two, three. Other kids seriously now crying in a nearby land. Pacifier. Flying over to see what the trouble is. The next one, golding. No, no, no. Ready? No, no, no. You can do that a little louder. No, no, no. That's good. Next thing is bye-bye. Bye-bye. Pacifier. Gathering up stars. Throwing them like frisbees. Sticking one in the corner. The North Pacifier. Going off to sleep. Oh. And the very last one of this story, three beats of the heart. Ready? Bum, 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 bum. Okay, here we go. Hey, guys, I know a girl whose nickname is Thunderpants because she has lightning bolt stickers on the side of her diaper. <laughs> hey, Thunderpants, what are you doing? I'm practicing to grow bigger. Well, as you can see, Thunderpants is one of the smartest girls in the whole world. Not only is she smart, she's good-hearted, which may explain why she was chosen to get a magic pacifier. Well, anyway, one night when she was sucking on her pacifier, just about to go off to sleep, she heard the faint weeping of little children on the other side of the earth. Why are they crying, Thunderpants? They're crying because they're hungry and don't have enough to eat. And so, with the aid of her pacifier, Thunderpants flew across the sky. While she was flying, she thought there was lots of extra food everywhere, so she swooped down with her cape. Now with a great feast, celebration, and party. But even while they were feasting and celebrating, she heard some other kids crying in a nearby land. Faster than anything, she flew over to see what the trouble was. Now when she got there, the kids told her why they were crying was because the parents, the adults, had gotten into a war and were fighting and squabbling over land and other possessions. And so Thunderpants gathered the warring adults together scolded them for not learning to share and love one another like they were always telling the kids to do. No, no, no. And they were so ashamed of themselves, they dug a great big deep hole, pushed all their bombs, bombs guns, and tanks in there, covered them over with dirt, and made peace. It was a great peace celebration. Now they came to Thunderpants and they said, Thunderpants, you're our hero. And she smiled and she said, I'm not your hero, I'm your shero. Yeah. <laughs> all the feminists in the audience. Now, feeding the hung hungry and stopping wars was tiring work, so she said goodbye to her new friends. Bye. Stuck her pacifier in her mouth. Zoomed across the night sky. 
gathered up stars and threw them like frisbees down to each house below so that every kid could have a nightlight. Then she zoomed into her room, tucked the one star she'd saved for herself in the corner, stuck her pacifier in her mouth, slipped into a dream, filled with all the good deeds she was going to do with her magic pacifier, and with her good heart, bum 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 bum, which is, after all, the most potent magic of all. Yeah. 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 How about a song about positive people standing up, holding hands together, singing songs, and saving the land? A woman came up to me after a show in Eugene, Oregon last year. She told me if you look at a map of Kentucky, eastern Kentucky, it looks like the moon if you look on Google Maps because they've blown the tops off of so many mountains to extract the coal. So she asked me if I'd write a song for it, and that's what this song is. There's a place not far from here, just a ways up in the hills, where the folks face to live that old time way. Where mama cleans the kitchen, and daddy cleans the deer, and music is the game all the children
bigger knowledge fated to appear in circles, spirals, ghosts of former understandings. Jokes that fall flat because you've had to have seen them. Oh, my urn of ashes for those questions. Feed my smile with your faded glory. Leave a clue for future researchers to find. Bye. 
They say laughter is the best medicine. Where's your stance on recreation? Ha 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 Cool. Thanks for that thought. Thanks for that thought. Appreciate it. We love you. Loving you. Yeah, love you too. Love you a lot, man. I'm not so much World peace. Everybody together. World peace. One, two, three. gathering. What's it all about? And so I just turn them and say, go to the Unitarians and turn left. Now some of you might remember this song from the Missouri <laughs> gathering and please join in. Just a couple of lines. Help the kids sing, right?
if you know the kind of person I am, and I don't know the kind of person you are, a pattern that others have made may prevail in the world. In following our wrong God home, we may miss our star. For there is many a small betrayal in the mind, a shrug that lets the fragile sequence break, sending with shouts the horrible errors of childhood out to storm through the broken dike. And as elephants parade, holding each elephant's tail, but if one wanders, the circus won't find the park. I call it cruel and perhaps the root of all cruelty to know what occurs, but not recognize the fact. And so I appeal to a voice, something shadowy, a remote, important region in all who talk. Though we could fool each other, let us reconsider for the parade of our mutual lives may be lost in the dark. The messages we give, yes or no or maybe, should be clear. The darkness around us is deep.
Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Really You're happy here. to do this one because it's a switcheroo. Oh, my God. We are doing a switcheroo. We are so excited. We are so excited to be streaming first right now on Mutiny Radio as we do every Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. Right. Pacific Standard Time. You go to mutinyradio.fm. You hit play now. Boom. We are there. We are part of a full afternoon. You just heard 
Found Round Sound with Scotto at noon, and then Ugly Sundays at four. So we're right in the middle. We love being here. We love that Mutiny exists. All we say is contribute to Mutiny Radio. Go to Venmo and throw a couple bucks at Mutiny Radio. Except no substitutions. We are also a podcast. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T is the name you need to search on your podcast app. And then boom, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. As you can listen to it. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube, as our title says. Yeah, so what we... is our title again? It's L-W-A. Yeah, that's for L. Yeah, so it, it's abbreviated, Carl. Oh. Let's watch, for example, is the abbreviation okay. of Let Us Watch, the three okay. words. And then the letter A is actually an abbreviation for uh. Uh-huh. Like because, sure. Yeah, because the next abbreviation, full hyphen length. Length. Yeah, it starts uh-huh. with a consonant. So the... A abbreviation is actually pronounced uh when you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, fascinating, <laughs> fascinating. We are also broadcasting right now on Mutiny. We're not broadcasting. We're on YouTube as well. So you can see us video, and you can watch the movie with us. So the idea is you go. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay, here's how it works. You have a phone. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right, Carl, what is the movie this week? What are we watching? I don't know. Ghost in the Machine. I don't know. This is a switcheroo. I'm going in cold. Ghost in the Noonday Sun. Peter Sellers, right? Yes, that is so correct. We are watching. We're doing a switcheroo. Carl usually watches these movies (laughs) numerous times, takes copious copious notes, and then also writes a theme song at his show. Years ago now. Yeah. Okay, so... I am going. I watched a movie. It's called The Ghost in the Midday Sun. In the Midday Sun. And that is from 1973. Go ahead and type in Ghost in the Midday Sun in your YouTube search engine. We are looking for the YouTube channel VHS Archives. Wow. Like VHS tapes. Right. That's short for video, horror, Um, and. Suspense, right? Like, Wait, isn't it video home film or something like that? Right? Video home cassette. VHS. Video home system. Well, I know the V stands for <gasps> video, and the S is my brother. Mm-hmm. We'll and then you. at home. At home. Okay, video at home. S archives. Okay, so now you said put in the YouTube search engine, Ghost in the New Midday Noonday Sun. Noonday is all one word. G H O S T. Of course, I Listen, know you knew there's that. There's one ghost. 1973. 1973. You're going to find it. You're going to see that crazy Peter Sellers face. Click the link. VHS Archives hosts it. Hit pause. Move the timer to 000. We're all going to watch this movie. Let us watch together. Let us watch it together. So when we say go, you're going to hit press play. But I have a special treat for you. We have a special comedian. A celebrity comedian that's going to do our countdown while you go find this on YouTube and get yourself ready. Who I gotta get my collar, pop my collar for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm somewhere in my mini radio shirt. It's underneath here, as always. Hey, hey, your collar's popped. You now you so you do have ring around the collar. I Girls guess. on film. Girls right, on film. We just derailed this show. Hi, welcome back to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Go find Ghost in the Midday Sun. Hit link, hit pause, 
We are now going to go to our celebrity comedian. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Jim Stencil. Welcome, Jim. I'm happy. Oh! I'm happy to be here. I'm not in traffic at all. <laughs> Whoa! What happened? Call back. Wow. We're gonna have Wow, how did I blow that? We're gonna have to start it over. All right. Well, listen, Jim Stencil, you are a uh, you are out there and you are on the move. You, oh, I I'm mean... on a bridge. <laughs> so look, I never asked you really. Are you an official comedian? I mean, the way we bump into each other is through podcasts, through In Hot Water show. Are you a stand-up comedian? Great question. Great question. That's a kind of a questions I expect to hear on this show. No, I am not. I am, I don't even know what, I would consider myself a personality. Uh -huh. Oh, look at this. There's a guy just pulling over. There's a guy pulling over yeah. to pick me up on the side of a road. Unbelievable. Oh, you ever get anybody else who's gotten picked up off the side of a road? This is the best Dang celebrity up. comedian countdown ever. Unbelievable. I just got a ride on the side of the road. Some people now no, I am not a stand-up. Uh, Mr. Driver, would you say I'm a stand-up? He wouldn't say that. Now I love Carl. Carl the jokes, one of the greatest jokes that Carl that I've ever run into. <laughs> So how did you get involved with the In Hot Water podcast with Gino Bisconti and everything? I mean, usually it's comedian-based. No, no, great question. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I tell them all the time, I was just a fan. I'm just a fan. Can you put on a light in here somewhere? There we I'm, go. I'm a fan at heart, but uh, one thing led into the next, and... Uh, I guess now a personality, I would call it. I always call myself a personality. Well, so I how call did you get to be an in-studio guest? I mean, you were a fan, and what? Did he hear about your podcast, get to know you that way? Well, that's just it. I don't know. I, I just went and started uh, hanging out, and I never tried to do anything. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess I'm just funnier than most people that go in there or something. So I think so. Yeah, you think so. So I guess yeah. you're all so not funny that just a, a generic fan mm -hmm. was allowed to uh, come <laughs> in. And that's what happened. There's not enough funny comedians in New York. Because you know the problem with comedians in New York? Because they won't let people like Carl into LOLs because they're all filthy Italians. Yeah, and they're okay. all named. Uh, what's that guy's name? Just to let the audience know, I I tried to do a set at LOL Comedy Club. <laughs> you know, Visconti invited me down. He wasn't able to put me on, and uh, so yeah, I. Somebody, just... what was that guy's name that didn't let you in? Let's get his name out there. Lyamelli. It was some. I dumb... forget. I forget. Listen, because... the the point is, you comics are so full of shit. Like like mm -hmm. Carl is fucking funnier than half the comics. I've ever seen anywhere. I go see shows all the time, and fucking Carl is funnier than all of them. <laughs> and then, then I hear about, then I hear about he can't get on an LOL. Are you guys fucking kidding me? <laughs> well, they don't. No, 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 Carl. Just see the face. Carl, shut up. 
You're like Ray DeVito. You fucking apologize too much. You're funnier than these people. <laughs> these people aren't funny. Carl is fucking funny. Yeah, that's right. That's why I'm going to yes, get involved in arson. Stop, stop apologizing. And burn LOL down to the ground. <laughs> we'll burn it to the ground. It's totally unbelievable. Now, even though you're not a stand-up, recently you have been sharing the stage with the stand-up as you are now involved in prop comedy. Tell me about uh, Listen, as we all know, prop comedy is the highest form of comedy. Yeah. No one would ever deny that. Mm-hmm. Right? You were at the prop comedy. Were you at the prop comedy experience? You were at the prop comedy experience. Anyway, it's one of the greatest uh, gifts to laughter is prop comedy. And, and regular comedy is only dialing that back with words and all that. Yeah, so yeah. It's I'm like very words happy. without the props. It's weird. Yeah. It's like words. It's like words if it took skill. Listen. And I'm very happy to be a part of Steve Conti's prop comedy experience. Yeah. But I don't know where this is going to go. Who knows where this is going to go? Maybe we'll bring it back. Maybe. Uh... But we're not booked anywhere right now. There is no future venue that will be. Well, you're the head writer. You're the head writer. That's for the prop shop CEO, Steve Conti. I know. All right. Well, I'll call him and try to get some gig going because this must have legs. This must continue. Oh, it's One got legs. Opinion. Great calves, too. <laughs> okay, so listen, you're also a big part of this Ski Mask Collective. You've got that podcast, and there's the Sports Mask podcast. Oh, it's totally talk about this. Yeah, how did you get started with that, and who is behind the mask, and anything you want to say about your Patreon? Uh, you've got it going on with these podcasts. I mean, you're a celebrity. Well, you're taking it a bit too far, but I thank you for that. Yes, Sports Mass Collective. I've never been wrong about one pick all year. I've called Great. everything. That was Sansa, we call it. Sports Mass Collective. The Ski Mass Collective, we just talk about everything that goes on in uh, podcasting in general. We call yeah. it out. We say the names. We don't owe anybody anything. Nobody owes us anything. So we're out here just to basically ruin our careers and save people's names. So that's why we're on Ski You did a great job on Ski Mask the other week. Yeah, thank say. you very much. My one appearance. One of our I'm favorite guests. Yep. <laughs> All right. I got to go smoke weed with this guy. Well, okay. Okay. So tell us, Jim Stansel, how can people find you out there on the internet, you know, get to this Ski Mask Collective podcast? Give us, give us the dish. On how you get, you know, how we catch you out there. First of all, thank you for having me on this podcast. Where can I find this podcast? Is what I want to know because I, I think Carl, Carl the jokes is Carl the jokes really gets my funny bone. I yes. Will say. Well, so everybody where, where watching this? this podcast already knows how to get us, but how do we get you? All right, I'm gay. Listen, Emas Collective on iTunes and YouTube. Sports Mask Collective, iTunes, YouTube. Well, not only iTunes, both podcasts, anywhere you ever find audio. There, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, wherever you get the mm-hmm. videos on iTunes. So we got Ski Mask Collective. That's our flagship show. Yeah. And then we got Sports Mask Collective. That's my show with my friends. We got Sad Chad. That is Ski Mask hosts that with a a cavalcade of friends because Chad sucks. 
And uh, that's it. Check us Absolutely. out. And patreon.com slash ski mask media. Support us. And we put ski up random media. bullshit. And I thank you so much for having me. Carl. Okay, this now, is great. Jim, I'm sorry I was late. No problem. Everyone at home is poised to press play on this movie at the same time we do in the studio. So everyone at home is going to stand by for your countdown and hit play at the exact same time. So why don't you go ahead, Jim Stansel, and give us that celebrity countdown. countdown. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian, for that Celebrity Comedian countdown. I look forward to listening. Welcome to the Flickering Lights. It's a Nick. We have a little uh, twinky twink piano twerp. <laughs> we have like two opening theme songs. So this is the pirate ship. They Small. are going to yes, Carl. Crossbow. Oh, right. Okay. So we are here, and uh, we this is like a silent movie setup with the black and white. We see that Peter Boyle wearing the turban is Ross Muhammad, the pirate captain. And he's the highest in the ship, lowest in the ship. There he is, old Scratch himself. <laughs> Dick, Dick Scratcher. Say it out loud again. Dick Scratcher. Okay, old Scratcher. We've all been there. <laughs> well, you know, it gets so muggy on those pirate ships. Uh, so they are. there's a storm of brewing. So what the captain's going to do, he's been stealing money for the Algiers, you know, like pirates. This is 17th century. Did I okay. mention that? And back then, the pirates of the Caribbean, if does, does that exist? These pirates of Caribbean would, would, would steal shit and bring it back to their king in Algiers. Okay. But there's a storm coming. So Peter Boyle's like, hey, why don't we pretend we're a silent movie? You play the piano, and we'll go to an island, and we'll bury the treasure. And then when the storm rises, when the storm is over, we can come back and get it and get bring it okay. back. Okay. Now this is all rinky dink music. There is a ghastly reason why I think they set it up as a silent movie. Okay. And I just want we're right into the plot, so I, I'll get into this. This film is called Ghost in the Noonday Sun. It's third film really directed by Peter Medic, who's a Hungarian-born director who's done. He's wind- very popular though, because like. I don't know, like maybe it's a war or something, and you're always hearing people scream his name. Medic! Medoc. He uh, he directed this movie. It basically ruined his career, he thinks. Okay. And he actually, there is a film documentary about this movie. This movie wasn't released. This movie was, re- this 73, it was released on video in like 86 or so. Yeah, like it was forgotten about, or yeah, I understand. It didn't really have yeah. a release, and they were like, "Okay, we got this thing. Let's make a little money." The video box says it's the missing Peter Sellers classic. Okay, so it was missing. Peter Sellers had this idea. He they met up in Hollywood uh, at a diner, and uh, he said, "You know, my buddy Spike Milligan from the Goon Show mm-hmm. wants to adapt a children's book about pirates," and they took it, and then it was a disaster. And Peter Medic just made it recently, a couple years ago, made a documentary about this film itself. And that film is called The Ghosts of Peter Sellers. So I watched the documentary and I said, oh, my God, I got to see if this movie exists. What year was it made? Was Peter Sellers alive? No, Peter Sellers, he said, I waited till they're all dead. The director's 83. This came out in 2019, 17, maybe. Interesting. So he, he spilled the beans. He spilled the beans on this movie. 
and about Peter Sellers, and it, particularly this scene itself. Why don't I kick it off? They shot this film, this scene, the second week of shooting. Peter Sellers had a heart attack. Oh. Okay. And he had a history of heart attack. There is. Say goodbye to Peter Boyle. This is the last you'll see him in the film. He's <laughs> on the cover. Raymond is waiting for him. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Everyone loves Raymond movie. He doesn't. You can't even hear him speak. It's all you know placards. So Captain Jean Luc. Peter Sellers had a history of heart uh, attacks, right? Okay. And so it was very serious. Are we seeing him pre heart attack right this second? Yeah. Okay. This is all, but it was during the shooting of this scene that he had a heart attack. Ooh, and they had a helicopter. Really? They're shooting in Cyprus. They had a helicopter out to a hospital. The director said two days later he picked up the London uh, Evening Standard, and there was a photo. Peter Sellers going to lunch at a fancy London restaurant with Princess Margaret. He had faked his heart attack to get out of shooting this movie. And You're he did it during the scene. Are you kidding me? This is like the documentary indicates this film was a total fiasco in every way. And that was like, boom. The later. Okay, so we're two weeks into shooting and he yeah. gets out of it. He gets out of it because he really loved it. He loved Spike Milligan, he loved the thing. He, even though he was married, he was dating Liza Minnelli in 1973. Everything really? was great for Peter Sellers. Liza Minnelli broke up with him and the, the day before he had this shoot. Okay. So he was in no mood. The, the director said he loved, the first week it was on the boat and it was beautiful. And they had some beautiful shots and then everything went to shit. Mm -hmm. But I should mention, this is so... I'll, my research is basically watching the documentary okay. and taking notes. And I'm just going to let you know the information. I did a, a cursory search on the internet for some items and some of the actors. So I got a little more information. Okay. But basically, this film is based on an old... No. So it's based on a children's novel. Guess what year this novel came out? 1918... 17... 1643. No, 1965. Oh, that was what is. Oh, why didn't I Sid wrote a bunch of like, he wrote Blood Alley about his World War I experience, but he wrote a lot of pulp novels. And then he also started writing children's books about What's like his East last Coast. name, Sid? Fleischman. Fleischman. Yeah. So uh, Sid Fleischman wrote a book called Ghost in the Midday Sun. And the story is uh, this New England boy can see ghosts. Well, he was born at midnight, this kid. So the pirates show up on the coast. Right. And what's, what we're watching right now is that... Now, he killed the captain. So right. He and he said... And then he went, to the, he went to the shipmates and said, Listen, I killed the captain. I'm the only one who knows where this treasure is buried. So I'm, I'm your captain, captain now. now. But he didn't right. tell him he killed the captain, did they tell, he tell him? Yeah, he threw a, a, a sword right into Peter Boyle's. Uh, no, but did they, he tell the crew... Yeah, he said, I killed the captain. Wow, okay. I saw the, I know where the treasure is, I'm the captain. Right, so that's the thing. So now he's looking at the map. And again, okay, it's One more key. question. Yeah. He was the lowest member of the crew. Right. Old so Dick, do they old know Christ. it's him? Or do they yeah. Think okay, okay, okay. The whole, the whole pirate crew actually was on the island helping. Okay. And he was making uh, a soup, beans, and yeah. Peter when Boyle. They're going to be ready, motherfucker. Okay, so look. We're changing pace. I want to play the music because it's... You remember the sound effects in the Monkeys movie, Head? Yeah, I do. 
we get a lot of like Richard Lester, uh, monkeys, British uh, pop sensibility in this. So he's gonna he spent twenty years, and he walks out, and here's the sound effect. What do you mean, like twenty years? What? Why'd you? What'd you say? Well, anyway, he it's twenty years have passed. Why? And How? It, Why? He can't find the treasure. He can't find the the map. So he's been like in his room basically, uh -huh. and he comes out and he's like, boom. You know, he he doesn't know where it is. So what he Yellow wants in to... color. Right. So this is this is 1973 they shot this. This is no okay. special effects. Okay. They actually so the producers got a second hand. Oh, here comes the second music. We had the uh, little piano music up front and now Yo ho. We have a uh, full-on pirate ballad. Is it a sea chanty? Let's hear it. I can't hear it. You sang over it. Okay, here we go. Copyright infringement. Clyde Ravel again. Oh, he was. Where did we see him before? Well, we saw him in Modesty Blaze, and we saw him in the movie with uh, uh, <clears throat> Bob Hope. A murder, murder. Oh, she, right, that the TV movie, is murder. That... She televisioned. What was yeah. it? It was murder. King, uh, something. Masterpiece of murder. It was yeah. It had Ghoulies Professor, and right. uh, they stole the. He tricked them into stealing the paintings. We yeah, uh. was in that. He was the gallery owner. Well, you know Spike Milligan. I don't know if you know Spike Milligan. He's like a comedic force. And he was in a movie we saw. Okay, was he? Okay, I think I do know him, but I, I only know him like later in his career when he, he did this. Tell me what he was in besides this Peter Sellers radio show. He was the landlord. He was Barry McKenzie's landlord in The Adventures of Barry McKenzie. Okay, I remember that guy, and he was talking about the electricity you have to put a quarter in. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so. Spike Milligan wrote this, and like Peter Sellers was into it. However, he comes in, and Peter Sellers, you know, he's in one of his moods. The first thing he does, fires the two producers. Okay. So no one knows anything. So the the production sucks on sea and on land. This is a secondhand uh, African cigarette boat that they repainted, and built as a pi uh, pirate ship, and they added two steam engines in there, and they drove they drove it they've sailed it to cyprus yeah the island they're shooting uh -huh. from greece and people could say like the director's like people are like i see you a pirate ship so it arrives like two weeks later they see it in the coast right oh this they're is in interesting and the first thing the boat does is crashes into the rocks the first day they arrive because oh, the, 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 the captain was drunk and they he took a churn so <laughs> they fixed it and they shot this and everyone was happy. So this the boat stuff, especially when you see Tony Francisco, the swashbuckling guy, and sellers together, that's the first week. Okay, wait, I gotta stop you first. Oh, yeah. I know that comedian. I gotta stop you for a second. So he's woken up, it's twenty years uh he didn't wake up. He, he, he couldn't find the map. Been lost at sea. They've just been lost at sea. Okay. And what is the crew's attitude? I mean, I cannot believe a real world in which 
hey, the captain's been in there for like sure. two years. What's going on? You know, I just say this movie, yeah. it, it leaves the real world a couple of times. Okay. Uh, okay. So, you know, you have to take things with a grain of salt. They will kill the captain the moment the captain shows him the treasure. I thought, so, I thought it was cute the way the little kid, if, if that's what I'm looking at here, yeah. has, had the ship. Well, they this is still shot in Cyprus. They didn't have the money to actually go to Ireland, but they is had landed. He a Cypriot. The what? Well, people from Cyprus—they're called Cypriots. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, that's it's it's weird, but it's true. Hello, Cypriot. So um, these Cypriots are now—they're pretending to be in Ireland. They uh, built a little Irish village for this movie, but they landed, and um, this is Ireland, so they're going to get some food. When they're sitting down and they're eating, the mother's probably going to say, my boy was born at midnight. And what okay. the premise is, this guy, the cook, Dick Scratcher, is going to say, well, as a pirate lord goes, anyone who was born at midnight can see ghosts. I'm going to kidnap this boy, and we're going to go to Treasure Island. This is a very original story, by the way. Uh -huh. And he's going to conjure the uh, Peter, Seller, uh, Peter Boyle and the dead captain will tell me where the treasure is. Okay, now, will we see Peter Boyle again? Because you had said no. Never. Not his ghost. Now he won't appear. They as... won't even, there's not even a fucking ghost in this movie. They have, like, uh, his shipmates pretend, dress up as a ghost. But you okay. never... There's not, okay. nothing that really otherworldly in this movie. <laughs> Peter Medic, the script was not finished. They Medic! Medic! They okayed the film, Columbia Pictures, for $2.6 million dollars. There was no script. Sure, it's and... Peter Sellers. It's uh, Spike Mulligan. I mean, we got a winner here. Yeah, we got a winner here. Uh, but it was it was a total disaster. So, problem is that okay. So here, weird sound effects going on. Oh, so the Irish are, are singing while they. Well, no, no. It's like actually, the... there's a singer at there, but they're all waiting for the food. They haven't really eaten a real meal. It, it, but I mean, can we hear dialogue now? Is it a talkie? Yeah, it's back to a talkie. Okay, okay. One of the amazing things about the documentary is that the director had a like a pristine, like 4K print of this movie. Looks okay. nothing like this muddy piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, like, it is patchy and. There's one point in this movie where they get the red plague. They fake a plague. They get the red plague, and you can't tell what color the plague is. Okay, here we go. They're eating vegetables that have been prepared. Right, hysterical. Right, this is their comedic. He said the, the first week when they shot on the boat, it was great. It was not easy. The entire crew was on the ship. Right. 110 right. people were on the ship and the, and the talent. They had a generator boat tied to the back. So they wouldn't capsize. Then under they had wires going from the generator boat underwater to a big arc light that was on the pirate ship above. Uh huh. They had to shut off the engine to uh, to hear the actors, and they had to shoot before the sun went down. And yeah. the boat was rocking the entire time, and the crew was getting seasick. The weather was getting bad. To make <laughs> it look like they were off the shore, they had to go five miles so there was no land in the shot. And people would get sick. And so Peter Sellers is getting pissy, right? right. And the <laughs> real producers are not there. He fired them. There's no one. 
And this guy is like me medic. So there's medic. someone to complain to. Yeah, medic. Okay, go ahead. He's not a. He's. This is the first nautical adventure he shot, right? And we okay. all know from like Waterworld to like the James Bond movie with Sean Connery underwater. They're boring. Water movies are dull. Uh, like Moby. Yeah. Uh, not Moby Dick. Uh, there was that recent movie. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Long Vessel. <clears throat> I mean, I'm Avatar, Way of the Water, notwithstanding, I'm sure. But I feel like when you're in the water, it just doesn't really interest me. Like, you can't fight underwater. Well, I know what you mean. Like, there's nowhere to go but the ship. That right. makes you get this limited feeling. And there's not... I don't know. Are we being fair to ship-faring movies? They're so boring. No, there's some rollicking ones. I mean, Mutiny on the Bow is a classic. Okay. They shot out there. One now, interesting, one thing about this movie. So they were saying like shooting on the boat in the water was a disaster. It was right. people getting sick. The weather was shitty. They had to cancel. And Sellers wasn't showing up. One of the scenes in the documentary, he's talking to his friend, and they're on the boat sailing on the open sea. And with a digital camera, it's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just set the camera and boom, you go back and forth. Okay, now he's realizing about the okay. Yeah. He's Stop. All right, let's see. Go on, I don't believe it. Okay, he's gonna basically abduct the kid. Have we had a chance to listen to sellers? He sounds like Robin Williams and Popeye. I haven't heard him. Go ahead. All right, we'll go. Yeah. See, he says he's selling this guy. Now, this is an actor named Tony Francesco, and I apologize if I get his name wrong. He was married like four times. He married Shelley Winters. Uh -huh. He had he had a, a big star lead, but he was a very combative guy, and he lost a couple TV pilots, according to his IMDb, mm -hmm. for just being combative. They didn't want to renew with him. He was friends with Peter Sellers, and Medic got him on the Medic got him on the uh, cat in the film because he knew he was a buddy and they had, they were excited. They never worked together. They never worked again. They had such an amazing fallout. I'll show you the scene. Oh, they have a fun. I mean, in real life, they, okay. Yeah. The documentary was it talked to one of his ex-wives, the wife at the time. And he was saying like, although probably maybe the same wife, I don't want to be disrespectful, but okay. he would get his goat. He would call like sellers would call him like, ah, you dumb American cowboy. Right. Just fuck with him. And they were on the boat, and there was a scene, and he was fucking with them. And when the scene was shot, uh, and Seller's back was turned, then he went up with his sword, and it was about to hit him, and he stopped. Like, But he did, you know, the motion. And, but he did the motion with earnest? He was really... No, he was, he was really... He wanted to fucking hit him, but he, he restrained himself. He, he okay. was about... You know, he, he went that far. So Bert, Peter Seller's driver, saw it. Told Sellers what happened, and Sellers says, I do not want to be in a single frame with this man anymore. So you will see on the boat scene, I know right. this scene is like whatever, but in the boat scene, you'll see the buddies, and then there'll be a scene where they're not, he, you'll see, they're okay. not buddies, and they're not together in the scene. It's really weird. Okay. All right. So, uh, and also, getting back to the boat, because we'll be on. There's the ghost? Yeah. So basically, he wants to take the kid for a test drive. He goes to a cemetery. He says, all right, kitty, do your thing. <laughs> but as the wind blows a, a, a sheet over the kid, look at this. Died 103 of alcoholism. Thank God. 
So, so Sellers mistakenly thought he saw a ghost just before he got knocked out. Yeah, so he I think he passed out or something. Are we abducting this kid right this moment? No, the kids are already been abducted. Well, he fell and hit his head on the tombstone and he oh, was right. unconscious. <clears throat> Why are they wrapping him up if they're not abducting him? Uh, maybe they are abducting him now. Oh, it's okay. Really okay. Just, it's just murky. I mean, the, the print is murky, but the storyline is murky. They had a problem. So this film was not going well, and they were blaming the director. And unbeknownst to the director, there was like this sh 